Welcome to the Financial Planners Southeast Asia podcast, a show dedicated to driving the positive evolution of financial advice, specifically within Southeast Asia. To join a global community of financial advisors sharing and learning with one another to drive the positive evolution of financial advice, head to xyadvisor.com. Welcome to another episode of the Financial Advisors Southeast Asia podcast. Gwen here, and today I am with Raymond Chan. He is a licensed financial planner and a the business development manager of VKA Wealth Planner based in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Hi, Raymond, and thank you so much for coming into the show. Hi, Gwen. Thank you for having me. Uh, hello, everyone uh, who's listening into this podcast. My name is Raymond Chan. Right. And, and so Raymond is a financial planner who has been in the industry for almost a decade now. And so I guess the first question that I'd like to ask is, how did you come into the financial advice industry in the first place? Well, since young, to be a financial planner wasn't in the picture. You know, when, when you're, you're in school, your teacher will ask you, what would you like to be in the future? I remember vividly I wanted to be a singer, I wanted to be a badminton player. Those are things that I liked, uh, but never a financial planner. I mean, no one writes that in their, uh, <laughs> what I want to be in the future. Mm, yeah. uh, my mom, in fact, uh, she is an uh, insurance agent back then. Uh, and then since young, when we were together over the weekends, she would bring me around to meet her friends. So when I was young, as far as I remember, I, I'm thinking... How can one person have so many friends and so many places to visit? When when she go there, they are very happy to see her. Hey, Apple, uh, come, come, come. I have food. Come, get uh, have your kid here and join us to eat together. So yeah. uh, I, I didn't know exactly what was she doing then. I just know that she had a lot of friends. <clears throat> then uh, later when I was in uni uh, doing semester break, I, I, I wasn't required to do an internship, but since I had free time, I told her, hey, mom, why not I be, do an internship with you? And then from there, I have a better idea what is she doing. Uh, and at that time, she really converted to be a licensed financial planner too. And then uh, we have a, I have a greater idea. Uh, she she planned with her clients in terms of uh, insurance, planning, investment planning, estate planning, and all those. So um, one of the one, one clear scene I really remember was it was a Wednesday uh, afternoon after we met a client. Then she told me, hey, son, let's go for shopping. I look at her, Wednesday shopping. Are you sure? Sure, let's go. <laughs> so that was that was the day I told her, yes, mom, I want to be like you. I want to be a financial planner. Uh, yeah. Tell me what I need to do. Yeah, so it was a very interesting story. Then once I graduated, I couldn't find a job. I was thinking uh, maybe I get a nine to five job, uh, get built on my network, get to no more people, but I couldn't find, couldn't land a job. So what happened is uh, I told mom, uh, and she was like, you have no job, come, just join me, uh, be my be my admin for a while, or look for a job. So as I was working with her as an administrator, uh, administrative person, then I took my CFP cert uh, over three years. Then uh, in April of 2014, I got my full cert and I've been practicing financial planning till today. Mm, yeah, seven so that's years. Yeah, yeah, seven years time really indeed flies. Uh, my first client actually, uh, indeed is, uh, first born of the family, and every time I look at her, I remind myself that is how long I'm in financial planning. 
She's not in <laughs> primary school. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. And well, that's very interesting because um, your mother obviously did not really um, coax you or groom you to become a financial advisor or a financial planner, but you chose to um, be be in the industry. <laughs> and it's funny because that you you all you thought was that your your mom was just popular she had so mm. many friends yes. um and it's very interesting that you know kids can see those things um in their parents and think nothing of it and also a point that you mentioned that nobody um as a child would ever say that they wanted to become a financial planner yes um, a lot of people would like to say that they wanted accountants, to become a doctor lawyers, yeah yes accountants lawyer, lawyers um, yeah, and they the provide yeah they're professionals who provide services um, that help people and mm. well financial planners do the same as well but nobody ever wants to be that person yes, so yes. um but it's interesting that you who saw your mom uh, as a as a financial planner I guess you saw the value that she provided um, to her clients. Is it safe to say that that was like one of the reasons why um, you got into the industry? I mean, in her visitations to her clients, there are some that are uh, for happy events, happy occasions. Uh, there was one I once I've been with her to Ipoh. It was uh, in another state. It takes about two hours, three hours drive. Uh, in fact, that client was... Um, cancer patient and then she was there to do the claims and whatnot so uh there were ups and downs uh and i can see clearly that uh by doing what she do uh she did make a difference in in other people's life and so i i realized that uh, as as i was doing my cfp uh it was six papers in total and dealing dealing with uh financial planning topics i realized uh this is not being taught in schools where financial planning itself is very important. Like, for example, uh, if you do not attend estate planning before, you will not know the diff- uh, the importance of writing a will, uh, what would be the effect if you do not write a will. And oftentimes, um, when things happen, then people will ask, hey, did you buy insurance? Hey, did you write a will? Where it could, be, it could have been prevented if planning was done earlier when uh, able. Mm, yes, yes. Um, I can definitely attest to that because um, my dad died when I was in my twenties. Um, I think when I was twenty years old or twenty-one, my dad died, and he did not leave a will. So it was very difficult for me um, because my mom wasn't very tech-savvy um, and, like, in general. So I had to take care of everything. To- yeah, Step and I didn't know. I was yeah, I was I was twenty years old, and mm. um, I didn't know that he had banks like he had accounts in these banks. Yes, he, yes, yes. I didn't know if he had insurance or not. Um, nobody approached me that this is what I was going to do, right? And and that's where early on I realized the importance of informing your family members about your and talking about finance. And even then, I didn't really know what estate planning was at that time. I thought because it was an estate. Yeah, like it was just for rich people. So I didn't really think about that until I met my husband, who was a financial advisor. But and, and now I am a very much an advocate for it. 
because it's not mm. just for for the rich people. It's just, it's for people in general who want to take care of their families even when they're no longer there. So yeah, and that's why I think that more kids should want to become financial advisors or financial yes, planners yes. when I they agree. grow up. Uh, fin- financial planning now and mm. back then is a very two different um, is two different landscape. Where at the beginning, when when my mom were to tell people about about insurance, she started at, mm, yeah, as yeah, uh, insurance as insurance agent in mm. AIA. Mm. So my my grandfather told her, "Why did you choose to do this do this line? Talking about insurance means you're talking about death, talking about bad things happening to people." He personally told her. If you come and sell me insurance, I'll take a broom and then chase you out of the house. Because <laughs> that that time is simply like that, and mm. somehow, somehow or another, uh, money is a taboo subject. Uh, it's not being openly talked about. So, uh, that leads to a lot of uh financial situations. Um, maybe there are people that are her age or even her senior that could not retire because they did not thought of th- uh, talking about money. Uh, whereas now financial planning, it becomes something that is more widely accepted uh, widely accepted by people. You can talk to them and they are aware of it, they're aware of importance and they are looking for how best to utilize their resources and do the planning. Yeah, and, mm. and it's very important. And as you mentioned, um, it's an integral part of um, your adult life and yet it's not taught in schools. Yes, so, yes. And you mentioned before we started recording that your uh, that your ideal client is someone who is um, fresh out of college, right? Like uh, in their early twenties um, to their uh, late thirties, and mm. I can understand why because this is like the best time for you as a financial planner to step in and help these people who were not taught in school about um, financial planning um, and just to help them and assisting them into making better financial decisions. But I guess like you, because you came from, or that you've already assisted your mom Mm. in her job as a, an insurance advisor and then later as a financial planner, you get to, did you get to acquire her clients as she's retiring? Yeah. So in fact, as I started, um, what, what we did was she would continue to service her own clients. Uh, and then she, if her clients have uh, kids or maybe they get married, so I will be uh, handling those, uh, those new clients instead. Uh, so at the beginning when I started, uh, I I didn't want to fully rely on her 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 mar- her natural market. So I approached my own uh, people around my my juniors within school uni. Uh, so that's why I end up with clientels between this age range. So at the beginning, it's very much of uh talking about budgeting, uh, insurance planning. Then over time. Uh, it, it changed into, I would like to say for the uh, future, I would like to start saving for my kids' education and all those. So uh, currently, my mom is uh, considered fully retired. So uh, a bulk of her clients clientele is now directly under my servicing. Mm, all right. I, I'm and the one servicing them now. Mm-hmm. That's good. And it's... Mm. It's actually it's comforting to know um, in in a client's perspective because um, you have been uh, taught by their previous financial planner, so it's easier. But I guess 
like how were you and your mom able to transition her clients over to yours um, to make it as let's say painless as possible for for her clients right because i think yeah. that it's not very easy to transition from one financial planner to the next because um if you've had uh, a financial planner who you've been um uh like a who you've relied on uh, for advice for financial advice and uh, mm. you have told them much about your journey in in your life financially the, there's already trust there, right? The, there's a yes. foundation of trust. Um, uh, so how were you able to make sure that the clients were comfortable sharing mm. their finances? Because you mentioned yeah. um, talking about finances is still kind of a taboo here in Southeast mm. Asia. So yeah, like how were you able to do that? In fact, the succession planning wasn't wasn't being put in place at the beginning because uh, mm. when she was an active agent, insurance agent, what happens is if you leave the company, you go back to your to your princip- to your agency leader. Then when she transitioned to become a financial planner, uh, one of the key points is um, you can uh, transfer your block of clients to another planner. So what happened was uh, the all all her clients uh, essentially. We transcend beyond clients. It, it is we are as close as being family friends. Some of them I call auntie, uncle, yeah. and all this. So they've been they've been seeing me since young, and then as a kid, and then they 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 do track my progress as I graduate, as I work as her assistant. Because uh sometimes when my mom meet meet her clients, uh I'm in charge of doing the sales illustration for the insurance, so I'll be there and then doing the things and whatnot. Um then. She will always tell tell her clients, okay, this this is my son, ah, Raymond. So, uh, in future when I stop working, he'll be one taking over me. So as time goes by, um, she 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 sort of start letting go, and then the clients will find me for questions, and then I'll I'll tell them, okay, uh, this is quite a technical question. Why not I discuss with my mom? So, uh, she she did add this important key point to them to make them um assured. They say she says to them. Uh, don't worry. I'm. If you call me, I'm. I will still answer your phone. And currently, you you earn you basically earn a bonus because you have two persons servicing you at the same time. Mm, yes. Right. Yeah. So I guess one of the things that she did for her clients was still provide the assurance that um, she is still right. available. She's still for there. Them. She's she's yeah. She's yeah. she's not the type that okay. Good good luck. Goodbye. She's still around. Yeah. You call her. She'll still answer. Yeah. So right. sometimes uh. If uh if they if they want they can call my mom and complain but so far no one complained. <laughs> that one would be very funny, but it's um so yeah I think that's a very good move as a uh, as a retiring or as a retired financial planner that you still keep the the good faith and the trust that you have with your um clients even if they've already um transition to another uh, financial planner but at the same time also um, also maintain the relationship between you as a re- retired financial planner and the current financial planner who's servicing your active clients um, and that way that I guess you, you're because I think that even if you are the son of 
the their old financial planner if they mm-hmm. don't see that you guys are still communicating um, and and still have this very good professional relationship I think they might lose their trust um, a bit or at least feel not feel as comfortable as they are um, because you have you you and your mom have fostered this really good um, professional relationship. Correct. We do have a very close working relationship up to today. If, for example, any clients uh, decide to buy any plans or execute any uh, planning with me, I would also just notify her, hey, this client is doing this with me. So she also have a, she do keep track and also have a second opinion. Sometimes she do ask me, why not you try looking at it from this this angle instead of what you wanted to do. So I do mm. have uh, that advantage in the sense that I have a senior uh, planner, ready to back me up any any time. Uh, in fact, talking about second generation, uh, not all of the younger generation will be willing to just follow what their parents do. Some do follow and uh, this is Auntie Apple's son. She'll be in charge of doing your, your planning. Let's talk, talk to him. Some of them do have their own uh, thinking. They might want to support their own friends. Uh, they might have family members that are in it. So uh, it's uh, if you ask me, would everyone follow the the, to the new planner, not necessarily, because uh, financial planning is a very people person thing. Individual, they must like you as a person first. They must be comfortable with you. If they are not comfortable with you, uh, then they 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 will have to find a, another person to service them. Mm, yes, uh, that is something that I can also agree on because mm. um, you have to have like um, I know that my. A previous podcast guest has uh, explained this very well, but I think it's something to do with that you have the same interest, like you can relate to each other on a personal level as well, and that mm. makes a good relationship. And and that's why some or most financial planners actually aspire to be able to choose their own um, clientele as well. Yes. So, yeah, and I guess my next question would be, since you were able to um, to have clients with an older generation and now you're also looking and servicing newer generations, like, yes. have you learned from, or like, are there stark differences between how you deal with older generations and how you deal with the younger ones? The, the methodology is totally different. Uh, the expectations... And requirement for the older generations, uh, if I were if I were to put it, is they are more more trust based, where where they 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 can tell you things like, okay, I want to get this done, help me help me help me do it. I don't care how how you do it, just just settle it for me. So it, it's it's very trust based, where uh, because they've been working with each other for so long, so they can they can do that. And also back then, product choices are more limited and also less complex, compared to now where we are in the market where we are swamped with choices, uh, people are more financials, financially savvy, they can do their own research, and they don't take in everything you say. Uh, you, t- you, you tell them whatever, then be like, okay, let me verify what you say, whether is it correct or not. Uh, they also have their own thinking on how to proceed with their planning. So, um, and especially now with so so much complex products in the market, often once in a while they do throw me questions like, Hey, I, I learned about this new thing. Uh, how would it impact my planning? Should we look at it? Should we should we try it? Yeah, that. So it's a totally different uh expectation between the the younger generation and the older older generations. 
Yes, um, I think I definitely agree with that. Um, I do know that um, a lot of, especially the ones who, the younger generation that I am, I am in in my 30s, but I know Mm. that the younger generation are into and because we have a lot of financial trends, like there, there's right. Bitcoin, there was this the the botched one, um, Squid, squid from coin. the Squid Games, squid yes, coin, squid, squid coin. coin, and that like there are a lot of things popping up, and yes. the newer generations are very curious about this um, because there are trends, um, and I know that based on experience, the older generation don't really care for it. Um, they like their um, they're like their vanguard investments and all that stuff. So I can really see that there is a difference indeed with how, and I guess the approach that you take is also different from, from the, from older generations to the new one. And, but it's very interesting, right? Like the newer generations now are very inquisitive. Like I guess because of the technology that they second guess everything that you say um, which which is a good thing, but can also be um, problematic for financial planners if as it's, well. If it's a bit in, in moderation, it's a it's a great thing. I oftentimes uh tell my uh there are some clients that tell me Raymond, I trust you. You do whatever needed. Yeah. I reply to them, no, please, I need you to be involved in this because it is your plan, and then you must know what's what's happening rather than uh put the let me let me hold the driver's seat. So if I were to use an analogy of building a sandcastle, the old, older generation uh, during their time, you'll be building the sandcastle, protecting it from waves, uh, protecting it from crumbling down. And the younger generation now have their own sandcastle already. So they are looking at how to make it prettier, how to expand it. So it's a totally different ballgame. Right. Oh. Which brings me to your article. So, um, and I mentioned this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, Kevin, um, Kevin Neo, who was a guest in my podcast and has yes, become yes. my fast friend, has um, shared this article that you wrote. Um, and it's one of the things that you um, actually mentioned in, in your article, right? Is to mm. review, review, and review, um, yes. which means to take everything with a grain of salt and always um and i like the your example here is that because this is so true that some people or some clients mm-hmm. take on a financial pl- product and then they quickly forget about it yes um and it's very good to review it in a in at least a yearly basis um to refresh what you've discussed with your financial planner or your Yep. with the service provider that you got. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and oh, and let's just talk about this. So, you created um an article mm-hmm. um and, and it's about your cor- you correlating financial planning with okay. cooking. Yes. Right? So, can you tell us more about that um just to provide context to our listeners? Well, if if you if you if you look at my picture, I'm not exactly thin. So, Eating has always been my uh what my, my sins I live to eat. I, I don't eat to live. So uh it has it's, it's part of the family. Cook, uh, eating has always been eating good food has always been in our genes. So uh being a cook uh or chef was actually one of my when I was in uni I went to this trial, they teach us how to do omelette. Uh and then I'm thinking, this is interesting. Maybe I want to do this. Then I was thinking this seems like a tough job. 
No, <laughs> and I, I just got, I, I went to do a business degree instead, uh, because yeah. I was thinking business degree would give me more choices, uh, yeah, more flexibility. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. I can more more mobility instead. So, uh, it, during uh MCO where we had lockdown, a prolonged lockdown since last year March, I took up cooking uh as a man as a way to keep me sane. So I was uh, in charge of cooking lunch for my family, and then um you know with, with the resources we have uh. YouTube. I always watch uh Gordon Ramsay or Nigella Lawson, Jamie Oliver, all the all the big uh celebrity chef how how to cook and then if they they made it look like so easy and then I I managed managed to do it. So uh I found an uh, uh I re- essentially I reignited my passion with cooking, uh throughout that. So uh re- how how it linked to the article was uh in August this year, Kevin uh which is my colleague asked me would you like to try to write an article uh for a uh, for online online website, I'm thinking, hey, why not? I I've never wrote wrote before, and then I believe if my points are there, then the, the there's always an editor to help me help me brush up my 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 English. In fact, the cooking one is my second uh second article. The first one I wrote um is about uh the five things I observed as a financial planner over these years. Uh, the objections, uh, the challenges my clients face. Then uh, one day, this brilliant idea came into my mind to talk, to relate fi- cooking and financial planning. Because uh, if you look at it, um, it's, it's very much part of life. You want to cook, for example, oh, what was the thing I cooked yesterday? Okay, you want to do, uh, cook pajun, uh, which is a Korean pancake with seafood. You know that is your goal. Then the next is, once the goal is there, you would need to know what are the ingredients you need, what are the time, what are the preparation. So... Once the goal is there, the rest of the thing will fall in place, which is a parallels with financial planning because you know how much you need to retire by when. Um, my mentors always tell me smart goals, SMART. So it it all jives together. So that's where that's why I can uh, I'm able to write this article out. In fact, uh, there are few there are some some other points that I wanted to add in. So I might have a part two of this because um, you would never equate cooking with financial planning. It's two different practices yes um Mm. and the reason why i wanted to talk about this is because your piece is very very relatable because everybody can cook um and then you've put the points on how they're just the same in such a very digestible manner um and i mentioned this to kevin that i've already circulated this to my (laughs) friends yes because i think it's very important that we use language uh, as financial planners mm. that we use language that are easy to understand for relatable other people. people. Yeah. And yes. yeah, it's relatable, like the cooking, right? Everybody cooks, everybody loves to cook. Um, and so it's very easy for them to understand like, oh yeah, because, well, as you say, like Gordon Ramsay and um, Jamie Oliver make mm. cooking look so easy, All right. but it's not, right? Like, there are easy things, but there are also complexities complexities to it. And it's the same with financial planning. It is easy, but it's not easy. So, yeah, so that's why I really wanted to include this in the podcast because I think it's very interesting. And I hope that financial planners can also find a way to, like, have a conversation, if not create an article, you know, have a conversation that's with their clients or even with friends and um, family that's very easy to understand for other people who, especially those who are not very open yet to 
talk about financial planning because um, he, I don't know if in, in Malaysia that you guys are as um, are as open mm-hmm. now. I know that before it was a it's, taboo. It's definitely better now. Uh, I, I, I believe subconsciously I'm trying to bridge the gap between to remove the myth of financial planning is for the rich. Uh, in fact, yes. I believe uh, yes, for m- most most of the rich people would do it. But even for the man on the street, budgeting, setting aside money for emergency, getting a good insurance plan, those are also financial planning. So by making it more relatable, I guess we are we are trying to make it less exclusive and more for the person down on the street. Yeah, yeah, that's very good because um, I think I remember like one of my friends posted um, on Facebook that a lot of people are preaching about financial planning and financial literacy when there are still a lot of people who cannot afford it. But I was thinking, I think they got the definition wrong, of financial wrong con- planning wrong, wrong concept. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're they thinking financial planning means I need to pay a fee, I need to go through super technical charts, all the numbers and whatnot. It's only meant for people with the resources. Uh, actually, no, it's really, uh, to me, as long as a person is uh, earning an income, then financial planning in any form would start coming in already. Right, right. And I totally agree. And that's one of the things that I would like to break as well, that taboo that financial planning is not for everyone. Um, and I ho- and this is one of the goals for this podcast mm. is for other financial planners who are listening to this podcast to have ideas on how to break that taboo. So that's why I wanted to include your piece. But Thanks. and then so I guess my next question would be um since we're talking about, you know, making financial planning accessible to to everyone and you mentioned that you offer four types uh, of uh, say services for your clients. Mm. You have co- uh, cash flow protection, accumulation, and distribution planning. Can you tell us more about that and why you've chosen those four as your core offerings? Uh, mainly because of my clientele's are at the stage of uh, building their like like the sandcastle example just now. They are still starting off, uh, starting their career, and then they are more, usually more short term focused. So they are immediate. Concerns would be like I want to buy a house. I want to get married soon. Uh, I'm also getting getting a car. So some may not have the budget for doing a full plan for a long, super long term one. Mm-hmm. So what we try to do is we bring them beyond the day to day concerns, uh, of maybe not having enough money or struggling financially, and then we look at the big picture because um I've been in this for seven years already, and then yeah. I have clients that been telling me. Raymond, I have no budget because I need to do so and so. From day one up to today, the story still remains the same, even though their circumstances have changed already. So, uh, and oftentimes I encourage them. All it takes is to start small, start start small amount, and then start planning today rather than doing it later. And then also, what I what I do is I insist at the beginning of my career. Uh, I will tell them let's meet every two years to review on whatever you have, and then now. This few years, it has become a yearly, yearly, yearly thing because, uh, things simply change. And then, uh, like for me, uh, I was single before March, and then now I am. I have I found a, find a girlfriend already within, this short period. So things can change within 
at a snap of a finger. So um, then when we when we meet them on a year yearly yearly basis, we can uh keep track of where are they now, and then is there any way we can assist them? Yeah, yeah, mm. and very important, and because that's right, like there are a lot of changes that have can happen in a person's life in a year. Um, and it's very important to raise these changes and what these changes entail to your financial planner in order for them to determine if the, the course of action or the plan that they've set out for you as a client is still, um, it still implies to you in your situation. If you, like if you have kids, obviously you have to update some stuff with your finances, yeah. with your insurance, right? So yeah, and but but I guess um, because your clients are still in their twenties, are still mm. starting out, are still not even yet building their wealth, but still like securing the foundations of their finances. Yeah. What are some of the challenges that you usually face in assisting these types of clients and how are you able to work around those? Uh, usually they are more fo- short-term focused and then they look maybe Yolo. next three years, five years <laughs> time frame. I mean, five years to them is long-term. Uh, yeah. So to, to work around them is um, sometimes I have to force them. I, I don't care. You have extra budget. Could you just save this amount, uh, this, set this uh, money aside? Uh, for your emergency purposes. So, um, and also have to guide them that you plan, if, if you plan for your, ho- if you spend so much time planning for your holidays, what about uh, a big event like your retirement or when you are about to pay for your first house, you, don't you need to plan for that too? So we look at uh, that and then try to get them to be on a, at the same page as us. Uh, they, they may not fully commit to it, but at least they start with something. I, I, I believe starting is the first step of winning. Uh. Mm, yes, mm. that's that's true. Uh, I definitely agree because I know that a lot of my friends would, uh, they don't say it, but I know that they would like to talk to someone, mm. ideally he was a financial planner, um, about if they're on track because most of the time they are not. Um yes. But they are afraid, aside from, you know, thinking that it is expensive. One of the Mm -hmm. reasons that they are afraid to approach a financial planner is because they might be told to do something that they're uncomfortable with, such as saving for an emergency fund or setting aside their their, um, bonus or like a or let's say like windfall money Mm -hmm. um, instead of you know, purchasing something or going out on a trip to get it saved for a rainy day. So some people don't want that, mm-hmm. don't want to hear that. So I guess like, did you ever have clients who um, had pushed back on like your advice? Yes, uh, because financial planning is a very individual thing. And uh, from what I learned from my two mentors, they told me that the client's plan uh, it's not our plan because sometimes uh, if you see the proverbial train coming towards you, you know you need to step aside. But sometimes some yes. clients just want to stand there, here, come hit me. <laughs> so um, we do our best to mitigate the damage. Yeah. And then uh, if uh, after the, 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 the bad thing happened, then we, we'll, we'll go back to them. Um, would you think we could have prevented this at, at, at the first place if you were do, to do things differently? So, um, and sometimes it, 
some things have to happen before they want to want to want to do something. For example, um, in in regards to will planning, everyone knows that writing a will is important. Uh, they have um, <clears throat> maybe beneficiaries, they have assets, estates to to give out, but they just simply do not want to do it. So uh, in due time, uh, when something happened to someone, then you're like, oh, this is important. I, I want to do it. So uh, part of the reason why I chose to work with uh, young people between age 20 to 35 because um, I'm in the learning stage and growing stage also. So uh, I think it would be nice if uh, I have a planner that goes together with me that is with me through thick and thin since day one, uh, someone that has always been there. So I'm, I'm looking in, in, in that sense rather than when they are wildly successful, then I talk to them, hey, let's talk about financial yeah. planning. Mm-hmm. The, the, the energy is different. Yes, that's true. And I really uh, appreciate that, that you um, actually really want to grow with your clients. I think I would appreciate um, that from my financial planner as well. So, right. Thank you so much, Raymond. It was a, such a really interesting to talk about. Um, and yes, especially for, for a, here today. Oh, you're most Very welcome. So we're on the same um age group right and that's Mm -hmm. why it's very refreshing it's always refreshing to talk to a planner who you know i can really connect with so if i was a client it would be easier for me to um, connect with you and choose you as a financial planner because we more or less share the same types of concerns yes um you know starting a family buying their first properties and all that stuff so yeah um awesome and before we end the show, is there like uh, if anyone wants to know more about you or if they want to chat with you, speak with you, um, how can they reach you? Yeah, uh, you can you can link uh, connect to me via LinkedIn uh, where I believe Gwen would be, uh, be posting the link at the underneath the description of the video itself. Yeah. Yeah. So feel free to text me and then. Uh, and give comments on 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 the cooking article because uh, ah, yes. it's actually my second article that I wrote. So I will be looking to write more articles in the future, and I'll post oh. it in the LinkedIn's um uh, in the near future too. Yes, that would be mm. awesome. I will go ahead and link your LinkedIn um, profile as well as the articles that you've written in the description box below, so that if there are also any non um ex uh not not non xy but non uh, financial planners who are listening to the podcast would like to learn more about financial planning they can also read those articles so again thank you so much for coming into the show raymond it was such a thank pleasure uh, pleasure talking to you all right have yes, a good one an honor have a good week <laughs> ahead thank you